Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 309, recorded live on Sunday, May 26th, 2013. And here are your hosts, the man from Ann Arbor, Brendan Lapsley. Hello. The man from Milan, Brian Lindsley. Hello. The man from Madison, Dave Pillay. Hello. And our guest, the man from New York City, Carmine Guida. How you doing? Hey, how's it going? <laughs> I want to give, like the, I I give like a New York into a little flavor, a little co- local flavor for you guys. <laughs> yeah, it's a good accent there. So is, this, is that a natural-born accent? Did you move to New York City for that? No, I, I mean, I was born around here. You can. I've actually tried to get rid of it, you know, over time. But, you know, if you get angry, it comes back a lot, you know. Cool. Very cool. So, Carmine. We have you here because, uh, well, I noticed you on a Kickstarter that I decided to back, and then I started playing the game that is already created prior to the Kickstarter, uh, which is a very fun game. And I roped my my dear friends and current co-hosts, Brendan and Brian, as well as some others, into playing it. Would you like to describe what this game is? Sure. Um, Quintet is a... Uh, multiplayer sci-fi game where up to five people can control one ship. Um, it's available on many platforms, uh, PC, Mac, Linux, um, iOS, and my Kickstarter is to bring it to Android as well as Ouya. Um, all of the different platforms can all play the game all together and all be on the same ships together and all be on the same missions together and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of been referring to it as a crew game since we don't have a, I don't think we really have a term for this kind of thing. We have FPS and MMO and that kind of stuff. And I don't know if there's really a name for a game where you make up a crew. <laughs> so I started kind of using the word crew uh, style game for this kind of thing. But um, it's really fun. Um, you all control the same ship with different roles and different types of ships can all play together. You can have fire player ships with single player ships and they can all play together in the same missions and stuff. Works over the internet and um, it's a lot of fun. Cool. As far as the the crew style, I actually like that. I think mm-hmm. that maybe using that as the modifier that this is a crew style space combat as opposed to crew style something else. Well, you know, I think there are a lot of games where you can be on a same team. I mean, you can play Halo and all these different kind of games and be, but you're kind of on it alone on a team. You know, I think um, this is a little different because you kind of die all together. <laughs> you know, um, and you really, really are attached to the other people you're playing with. I mean, you you, know, you really can't do anything if you're Helmsman is terrible. Like you're all screwed, <laughs> you know. So you really are. Yeah, I know how that goes. Yeah, yeah, you really are a little tighter than um, when you're playing. You know, a game that has a team feature like this. The crew feature is like the main feature, and there's some other stuff. You know, if you think of a better word than crew, I'm into that. I'm just, uh, you know, my friend said it to me in a bar the other night, and I'm like, crew is. I'm like, that sounds. I'll put that on my little note thing. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. No, crew style works. All right, you heard it here. <laughs> or not, maybe. I don't know. Perhaps you heard it in a bar in New York City. <laughs> Perhaps the pe- there was some people on like a really awkward match.com date next to me while I was talking to my friend. That's like my new that's my new game I play when I'm out is are they having an awkward match.com date? That's you know. That's terrible. <laughs> it's awesome actually, but so in Sorry. Quintet, yes. you have you have up to five players. It could sure. be uh one, two, three if you kickstarted, or five. Mm-hmm. Uh, with different roles. Would you like to talk about those roles sure. and perhaps where you got the ideas for them? Sure. Um, I've been um, a huge uh, Trek fan for a long, long time. Um, you know, I go to conventions and I got the Christmas tree full of ornaments and the whole thing, you know. 
So I got the influence, I mean, from watching just tons of Star Trek and have, you know, with the different roles that they have there with your captain and your helmsman and your science officer, you know, your engineer, and then you have your uh, tactical kind of person, you know. Um, so the inspiration kind of came from that. And I'm actually really bad. I'm not really great at, at games. <laughs> I kind of like making them more than playing them sometimes. Um, and I'm not great at playing FPS games. Like, I'm terrible at those things. So... I wanted to take, like, I like Star Trek, and I wanted to take the, that I like this cooperation thing. And that's where I kind of got the idea to make the game from. So the roles are kind of taken from what you would see on, I guess, a Star Trek episode. That's where I got my inspiration from. Okay. Uh, favorite role? Favorite role. Um, I kind of like flying. I'm a pretty decent flyer, uh, helmsman in the game. Um, and I, uh, I like playing engineer. Um, it's if you're if you have a really good active engineer who is constantly flipping things and boosting different things and, and working like it will really make a huge difference than if your engineer is kind of lazy and just kind of like you know. But if if you got like a you know if I'm playing engineer and I'm like super active, it's a lot of fun. Um, while we're on the topic of of where this came from, sure. talking about Star Trek favorite Trek. You know, Ooh. my favorite one now is Deep Space Nine. And thank God. I'll tell you, you know, when I was younger, I, I didn't get it, you know? And then recently I was like really sick for like a week or two or something. And I, I had Amazon Prime so I could watch like every episode. And I watched every episode of D Space Nine. And man, that, that show is amazing. It's, you know, like I think some people kind of call Star Wars like science fantasy almost, you know? Um, but D Space Nine has such, I think, good science fiction. You, you know what I mean? Just the. The way that things, are, characters are written, and everything—it's—it's—it's it's, it's an And the, the first couple of seasons are a little painful, but once you get to season, which kind of all the tracks are kind of like that. But once you get to season three or four, like, and the last season is just like uh, uh, it's tremendous. I I agree with you. My normal co-host does not. What's his favorite? And I I would agree with his normal co-host. I couldn't get into Deep Space Nine to save my life. It's you know I'm I'm telling you I watched it first and I'm like I don't get why you know if you watch it and it's also if you just start on the last season. And just watch it, which is amazing. You're going to be like, what the heck is going? Like, why? Can, <laughs> who are these people? And why? It's, it's a little confusing. And I understand why people would not like it. <laughs> but to me, it's, it's uh, I mean, I love it. I mean, you know, everybody likes different things, you know. So, again, kind of on the topic mm -hmm. of inspiration, uh, there has been some comparison made between Quintet and Artemis. Oh, sure. Um, I've never played Artemis. I don't have a PC. Um, but I've looked at the screenshots and um, some of the YouTube videos. I, I hadn't actually heard. I mean, once it's funny. Once I showed people my game, that was the first time I really started to hear about Artemis. So I I looked into it, and I, I think it. You know, they do have the commonality of having multiple people control the same ship, but I think the feel of both games is totally different. Have you guys played both? I have not even heard of Artemis personally. Yes, you have. I've shown it to you. When? Months ago. <laughs> Okay, and do you think I actually remember or tried said game? You show me a lot of crap, dude. <laughs> Ouch. Why a lot of crap mean a lot of good stuff, or you mean a lot of crap? Both. <laughs> Heckled on my own show. <laughs> I think uh, you're used to it. I mean, if, what do you what do you feel the differences are if you look at both games? Well, so Artemis is definitely uh, kind of a longer term game. It looked like a short version of that game with a, a crew that sort of knows what they're doing lasts about 20 to 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be kind of with the current set of missions, at least the longer side of Artemis, uh, rather of Quintet. Mm -hmm. uh, most of the roles are the same, but their functions are slightly different. 
So there's a helmsman, there's engineering, there's science, there's captain, there's tactical. But the the options that each side gets is is different. I mean, to, to, to me, when I look at the screenshots, it looks like Artemis is really going for a simulator feel. Yeah. And um, I think with my game, I'm not going for a simulator feel. I'm going more of like kind of an action game feel almost. Like you can play a single player, you can play a single player ship. It's kind of straight shoot 'em up, you know, with... If you use a joystick, I mean, you're flying around, you know, it's kind of a straight shoot 'em up game, you know? But, but Yeah, I, th- I think the biggest difference, actually, though, looking at it, uh, Artemis is one ship, period. You don't play with other people. You play with your crew, and that's it. Right. It's a local network game, too. Okay. Right. And Quintet is server-based, and you play with potentially, you know, dozens of other people. Sure. At least I assume you can handle dozens yeah, of people. Yeah, I've, I've had, um, the most I've had at one time so far was 11 ships with 37 people total. Um, someone mentioned um, the game on Reddit one day. Like, actually what happened is I came home from breakfast one day on a weekend and it was like 30-something people were in the game and I'm like, what just happened? And then um, someone said it's on Reddit in the gaming, uh, you know, a subreddit. So I went there and I was like, what? And then all weekend it was tons of people. So the most I've had um, has been 11 ships with 37 people across Across those ships all in one mission so wow. it was awesome looking like I, I just sat there and i was like this is awesome <laughs> just people fly if you just sat still there's ships passing you shooting at people and things happening all around you it, it looked awesome i'm like this is this is the dream right here is that you know i have i mean that's like been the best part of this whole thing is is to see other people playing you know and then to have you know to have people play my game you know is kind of the biggest Kind of, you know, I use the word joy there, but it is, you know, to have uh, other people playing my game is amazing. But that's the most I've had uh, at one time. It was really cool. <laughs> so there's kind of a limited set of missions right now. Yeah. Uh, what's what are the plans kind of going forward with that? Um, so what's great is um, I've gotten the Kickstarter's been really great. It's brought in like a lot of new people, and I've gotten a lot of great feedback and new ideas. <laughs> I've gotten some great ideas and some maybe not awesome ideas. Um, but um, I've got lots of great new ideas for people for different kinds of missions and things. I definitely want to make a kind of an explore mode or kind of like you just go and less missiony and have things happen to you, you know? So a little down the line, I want to, um, um, I've been working on this game for about a year or so. So a little bit later this year, I want to put in time to make it so there is a little bit more of a long game where you can just get your ship and go out and things will happen. So it's less kind of missiony and less short, you know? So I definitely want to um, expand and add more scenarios and longer ones, as well as some new ships um, in the upcoming months and stuff like that. Are there any plans for like some kind of persistent game? Because I mean, right now you build your ship and you go in and you start the mission from scratch, and there's not really anything going yeah. like from mission to mission. I'll tell you something interesting. When I was first coming up with the idea, I had a longer game where it was persistent, and there were some planets and stuff, and. The idea was just a little too big to do by myself, you know? Um, and, you know, I've had people, like, in my suggestions forum on my website, people like, my suggestion is to add an economy, add politics. <laughs> I'm like, those are huge. Su- oh, wow. <laughs> that's, that's like, I, got, I got next weekend. <laughs> add crap. Yeah, I, got, yeah, I got next weekend free. I'll just add an economy, you know, while, I mean, you know, these, these games, like, Eve. Eve with, with your degree yeah, in economics, Eve, like, right? hires, like, a, a, you know economists <laughs> you know that's not so but um i would love to but i think in the short term i need to add some more scenarios you know tweaks do fix some bugs get it working on Ouya and some of these other things and and then i think once i kind of got all that set up then i will attack 
doing something more persistent in some way where, you know, it matters if you die, you know, in this game, you can kind of play, you die, doesn't matter, but I definitely want to do something persistent in the future. I already have some stuff in place uh, with, you know, my server and how everything works. So there's, you know, some of that stuff's in place, you know, you create a, you create a login and, uh, you know, so I can potentially do that stuff, but I definitely have to do that. Um, some point in the future, but I would love to, but I'm going to, I would need help though. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a lot to yeah, do for so, one person, you know? So you've designed this whole game and, and built this whole game to its current point kind of on your own as a one person team. Yeah. The, um, what would you say are like the advantages and disadvantages of having your own <laughs> where it's just you? I'll tell you something. Um, uh, one of the good, <laughs> I'll tell you what's tough when, you know, when you work in a team, especially, um, I mean, I tried to find someone local that I could work on this with and I've tried to work with people over the internet and I've had some stuff work out and some stuff not work out, but it's really difficult to work with people over the internet and you're Skyping all the time and you, and, um, you have time differences and life things happen to each person. And what works out well when you're by yourself is that I'm not waiting on anything from anybody except myself. So I've had people maybe make some models for me and then they're like, I'll get it to you Wednesday. And then Wednesday becomes Thursday, becomes Friday, becomes Monday again, becomes Wednesday, you know, and it's, it's when you work by yourself, it's, it's great that, um, you know, you, you were like, you know, it's yourself. It's, you know, you can just, you can just keep, you know, keep going forward and stuff like that. But um, it'd be nice to work with someone else just to keep each other inspired and stuff like that, too. So kind of along those lines, did you do all the aspects of the game, like the models and no. designs as well as all the no, programming? The, the models I purchased from different um, websites um, that sell 3D models. Um, Unity has an asset store that also has some models in it. So like whenever I open up a 3D model program, I just start crying because I have no idea how I, have, <laughs> I, you know, I want to do something. I'm like, you know what? That ship has a gun on the front of it. That ship would be perfect because my ships don't have guns on them. Like in Star Trek, there's no guns on Enterprise. You know, it just kind of does that thing and shoots and any so they can shoot in any direction, right? So I'll see a perfect ship, and I'm like, let me just take the gun off the front. It'll be perfect. And then I just open up. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> so I definitely, pur- you know, I purchased all the 3D assets and um, and the backgrounds um, from different sites. But um, all of the user interface I did in Photoshop myself, and all of the gameplay and all of the programming and and all of that stuff is um, all done myself. I'm using a, a cloud based network thing for the for the multiplayer gaming. But I mean, other than it, you know, but you still need to do a ton of work yourself in order to make it all work, you know? What about the music and sound effects? Oh, Did you end up buying those as well? The music is from this guy, Kevin McLeod, who has his website, Incompetech.com. And he's been really great. Like, he has all this royalty-free music, and then whenever I use one of his stuff, I just kind of PayPal him some money and say, thanks, just so you know, I used your music in one of my games, and he's totally cool and easygoing. And uh, some of the sound effects are from freesound.org, some I purchased... Um, some I uh, made or and stuff too. So that, I mean, even though I'm even though I'm a musician and I've been a musician for a long time, like it was just such a time saver to be able to go to this guy's website and get some royalty free music. You know? Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, it's a lot of work to put together music and you know to compose it, write it, record it. You know, and fun. I mean, it's a lot of work. So, so Kickstarter. Yes. <laughs> to bring this over to yes, Android. Yes. Um, want to explain that or why that or how that works or. Cool. Sure. Yeah, go for it. Um, I'm using Unity 3D, which is, uh, if you know any, I mean, tons of indies use it. Um, and basically, they have different, um, it's what's great about it is I can kind of write once and be able to, like, I don't own a Linux machine, but I'm able to make a Linux binary and distribute it, you know? So what's nice with Unity is I can build for all these platforms, but um, they have different licenses for different things. So they have an Android Basic and an Android Pro. 
they just made their Android basic free. But once you want to do um, socket calls, like uh, do multiplayer networking, you need to get this pro license, which is about fifteen hundred dollars. Um, also, if you want to do if you Whoa. if you want to do anything involving shadows and um, post processing effects, like using Bloom and, and a lot of effects that you're used to seeing in the kind of AAA games, these um, depth of field and other stuff, like you need to get the. So, what, I mean, it's great for what you get for free is awesome and amazing, and you could probably make like ninety percent of the stuff you need to do. But once you want to do multiplayer aspect, post processing effects, and all this kind of stuff, you need to get a license, which is like fifteen hundred dollars. And that's why my Kickstarter was originally about eighteen. You know, once you lose about ten percent in fees and yeah, uh, do a couple of rewards and stuff. I mean, I'm pretty much left with what I would need to get the license. Yeah, but it looks like you're uh, well past yeah, that at this point. I'm up to yes, I'm up to about thirty six hundred at the time of this. And um, my next goal is to um, so I can put it on Ouya. I had like a ton of requests um, from people um, who have been asking me about putting it on Ouya, which I think is going to be a really fun idea. Also, a lot of work because my original vision was having it on iPad and tablets. You know. And, and that's why I made the UI really bulky, so the UI would feel like you're using a console at a desk. You know, what I mean, almost like you would see in a show, like L cars or something. You know, uh, kind of a big thing. Yeah. So um, I made the UI very bulky, so it would work really well with people's thumbs and fingers. You know, and then um, so putting it on Ouya, we're using a controller, is actually going to take a lot of um, work to make all of that stuff happen. Um, it's not just like getting the Ouya and a license and then it works. I mean, people would be really mad if they still had to use a pad on their joystick. <laughs> you know, so I definitely need to. Like like, uh, do a lot of plumbing in there to make the joystick controller work on, a, on every screen, engineer and science and stuff like that. But I'm looking for... I should see that being difficult. Yeah, it has to, like, not be terrible. Like, I don't I don't want people to get it and then be like, this is a port. It's not a... Or, you know, not even a port. You know, <laughs> it was just ported in. For, you know, I want to make sure it, like, really makes sense with the control. I think it's going to be awesome that you can have, you know, a PC, a Mac, and a Linux box, and an I, iOS, I, iPad or something, and have an Ouya all playing on one ship all together. Like, I don't think any game does that. Truly cross like, yeah. Hello, New York. Oh, yeah, that's um, that's you just hear that all. That's funny. I don't even, I don't even process that. Like you're like, hello, New York, and I'm like, oh, it's sirens. I live, but I live. There's a hospital at the end of my block, and there's like something else. So it's kind of, I just kind of phase it out, kind of, I guess. So. Have you have you been having a lot of community involvement then with this Kickstarter? Um, yeah, I um, I have people. You know what? I have some very excited users who are sending me ideas and stuff they like to do. And um, with the Kickstarter, it has brought in a whole bunch of players and a whole bunch of strangers. They can you know people I don't know, which is awesome. And then um, I can <laughs> I can just hop on people's ships, you know, and play with them and chat with them and stuff like that and get their feedback which is really great. So I can kind of interact literally. I can just hop on someone's ship and just be their engineer or their science officer or something like that and just kind of chat with them and see if they have a problem playing the game, if they're not getting something, uh, something not clear to them, if they're like, what does this do? And, you know, I, I can kind of get that for real. If their controls aren't yeah, working. <laughs> you can explain that if you like what happened with that. <laughs> yeah. That, so, so when I first loaded this game... I was not terribly impressed because I was sitting in the ship. I'm like, okay, cool, except I can't move. And it wouldn't let me move, and I couldn't steer. And eventually we, uh, I contacted Carmine and got that taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Some special yeah, development. Yeah, just, just, for, just, for, just for Dave. I just <laughs> it's true. He was up really late, too. Customer service, man. He was awake until like 2 in the morning yeah, doing development. I, I, made, I made something in the menu that says, having a steering problem, but I should have just said, is your name Dave? Yes, no. And just like, <laughs> <laughs> like before Dave, yes, no. <laughs> but no, it's cool. I mean, that's a great. I mean, that's that's what's cool. I mean, that's what's cool is like people can just email me and talk to me, and then I can do something. You know, I mean, that, yeah. Again, from that 
perspective of being a solo developer. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's pretty. I mean, it's either an awesome thing or a terrible, terrible thing. But it's, it's cool, you know. Either way. So, is this your um, part-time job, or do you I have mean, like? Is this no, your entire I, life? Oh, man, I wish I could just make space games for a living. That'd be awesome. <laughs> I do um, website development for. Um, uh, you know, I just do websites like kind of uh, freelance stuff or just different um, website projects and stuff. Okay. I've been a I've been a backend developer, like kind of a SQL Server um, and backend developer for a long time. Very cool. That's no, great. I I mean, this you know, it's, it'd be like a fantasy to like. I mean, it'd be wonderful if I could just like make a game I love doing all the time. You know, just it'd be wonderful. Maybe we'll see. Are you looking at monetizing Quintet? Um, yeah, the way um, I I set it up is that. Um, you get the first bunch of scenarios for free and all the, whatever ships are there. And then if you, and then the additional missions, it's like $2 to upgrade it. And what's cool is the upgrade is tied to your account that you made. So you go to my website and then you go to the Quintet website, quintet.us, and then you um, do the PayPal there for the $2. And then if you log on with your um, iPad or log on with your desktop or your Android or whatever, that it keeps track, you know, it, you get your upgrade still. You don't need to like upgrade in Apple and upgrade on the desktop. So that's how I've kind of chosen to monetize it is um, I just set it up so you go to one place and you pay me the two bucks and you get some more scenarios and stuff like that. So cool. free to play, downloadable content yeah. kind of thing, except you're not downloading yeah, yeah. anything. I mean, I need to eat and stuff and pay my New York City rent and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's you're crazy. Fine. Why would I want to do that? Um, so that, that's how I've, I thought that was kind of fair. And I, want, I didn't want, like, it makes me insane when you need to, like, you upgrade on one device and you have another device. I'm like, I'm like really? <laughs> you know, it should, it should just work. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I thought that'd be really fair. And, um, you know, it worked out really well. So would you categorize Quintet right now as a, a beta product, an alpha product, um, finished product? I think product? it's more alpha than beta. Um, I, feel like, I feel like I'll feel more comfortable saying it's finished in maybe about three or four weeks from now when I have done um, some of these upgrades. I have a ton of upgrades coming in. I have, this new, I have the new ship. And then um, I might have the OUYA support and stuff in there. And I'll feel a little better saying it's like done. Um, I mean, none of these things are ever done. You know, <laughs> I, I'll feel like saying it's not beta um, maybe in a couple, couple weeks, two, three weeks when I have some tweaks and bug fixes. I mean, the, the, the other joy of having like a ton of people play your game all of a sudden is you get to pick out all these bugs and everything, you know. As a one-man team, it's kind of hard to test having 20 people on the game at one time, <laughs> you know, so... Or having a computer that likes a joystick that yeah, doesn't exist. Like, yeah. Hey, Dave hasn't, Dave, Dave hasn't my visible fault. joystick, everybody. You heard it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm, I'm blaming the Xbox 360 controller that I used to use. That's a lame excuse, because I use a 360 controller and have no issues. I have one plugged in, and I can pilot just fine. I have one on my Mac, and that's crazy. <laughs> I'm blaming... I don't know. It wasn't working. But, um, yeah, I feel a little more saying, but, I mean, but it's not done. You know, I mean, I'm going to add some more... You know, I would love to just... This is an awesome hobby. You know, I can just keep adding more missions, get some great uh, stuff from users, and, you know, people might send me music that I could use or sound effects I could use. I mean, it's really cool. So it's going to keep... I'm going to keep adding... I'm not going to sleep on it. I'm going to keep moving. But I think it'll be more... Um, you know, just really stable, very solid, like in the next two, three weeks. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. All right. Bri, Brendan, you guys got anything else to ask? Uh, I think I'm good. Has been working with Unity been pretty easy? You mean um, the software or the people? I was Both. thinking the software. Um, the, I think it's, you know, I have built my own engines and done my own low-level stuff to, you know, fr from over time, you know, doing stuff with OpenGL and writing my own engines and stuff like that. And 
it's great to roll your own stuff just to like learn just so you know the math behind everything you know so you're not cutting and pasting code randomly all the time and wondering why it doesn't work or work but i gotta tell you unity has made everything so much easier and faster you know i can just drag model if you want to rapidly prototype an idea like if you have an idea for a mechanic um not a mechanic a game mechanic you know Unity is really easy to just drag in some 3D models. You can get some free ones off the internet or from different asset stores and drag in some 3D models. You can just drop some scripts on them. And it's very fast, I think, to, to kind of like prototype an idea and get it out. And then from there, maybe you flesh it out and stuff like that. Um, I think it has its good and bad um, things to it, you know. But it's definitely a very quick program, very easy to use. I think the learning, it makes the learning curve is low, I guess. Like it's, you know, I think it's easy. There's a really, like the forum they have is great. There's so, if you go to Yahoo, um, I'm sorry, if you go to uh, YouTube, uh, <laughs> if you go to YouTube and type Unity FPS tutorial or Unity, how to make a blah, blah, blah on Unity, like there's tons of videos on that kind of stuff. So there's just a huge breadth of material out there to learn from also, you know. And the, and the price is great. Cool. I mean, for free right now, you could start making games for you know, I'm, you know, iOS and Android now with their free, if you hop on it while it's still free, um, you know, for free, you can make these things. I mean, you can't beat that, you know? Absolutely. Um, I mean, as my program gets bigger and bigger and I have more and more code in there and more and more assets, I just wish the way you organize your assets and things was better. Um, you know, as it gets bigger, like I'm, I'm starting to be like, wow, this is tough as this gets bigger and bigger project. And I'm wondering how these huge projects made in Unity are not just like a mess, <laughs> you know? Well, they're also not done this by one true. person. Like a team of people and stuff like that. And so, but um, I, I, I think it's a great, I mean, if someone is, you know, people like I'm thinking about game programming, I'm thinking about, pro- I'm like, just go download Unity and start dragging and dropping stuff and clicking buttons. <laughs> and if it stinks, just delete the folder, <laughs> you know? Drag and yeah, drop just programming. Like, just start doing it, you know. So I, I think if someone is like been thinking about it, like don't you don't need permission to get into it. Just go do it, you know. And I think Unity is a great way to just just I don't know, just try it. You know, it's free. You know? What what language does Unity support? Um, what language is scripting language? I'm using C sharp. Um, it also does Lua. I it believe. does. Yeah, it does like a kind of their own JavaScript. Like it's kind of JavaScript, but it's got some other stuff in it. And they have like support for Boo or something. But I mean, I think most of the people I've used C Sharp because I use it for my backend web stuff also, which was great because I didn't have to like a learning curve as hard. You know, and I think a lot of people suggest doing the C Sharp if you're going to get more serious into it. But you can use JavaScript and some other stuff. All right. Anything else? Um, people should check out my Kickstarter. <laughs> if, you, if you go to kickstarter.com and just search for the word quintet, I'm like the first thing that comes up. There's there's actually a, also a link to it on our awesome. page as part of the show notes. Cool. Well, in that case, Carmine, would you like to stick around and talk with us about some uh, sure, weekly Sure, sure. sounds awesome. All right. Brendan, Brian, you guys ready? Yeah. So there was a uh, rather... There were a series of, of kind of interesting things from various companies, but there was one kind of, I think, that we, we don't have much of a choice. We have to talk about it, yeah. uh, which would be Microsoft's reveal of the Xbox One. I still haven't actually watched the whole video of the press release. I've just been getting all the highlights as we've been going. So the press release, it's interesting. First off, the name. Xbox Awful. One. Uh, I I still prefer my Xbox 365, <laughs> but they even the 720 would have been better. No, 720 would have been terrible. Yeah. What happens when you worse. move 720 degrees? I still think the one is worse. The one is interesting. It's it's. I think the concept of this is the one thing that you need. Yeah, but when has a third product in the line been changed to number that one? That's been in Star Wars, well, kind of. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and look how that went. The, <laughs> the third gen iPad was just called the iPad. But it wasn't the iPad 1. 
No, but it was iPad, then iPad 2, then iPad. It's and even more people confusing. I have issues with it as it stands. But you know what? With the, with the iPod Nano, they just called it the Nano the whole thing. They didn't call it iPad Nano Plus or anything. I mean, they just kept the name, and it was yeah. just the third generation, fourth generation, whatever it was, you know? So the Xbox One, which, TV. yeah, it, it sounds like um, pretty TV-focused. It's extremely TV-focused. But at the same time, I mean, we have to remember that this was not their games announcement. This was the, the system announcement. I'm, I'm hesitant even to call it the console announcement because it's it's supposed to be more than just games. Like, the games announcement stuff is coming later, but this was, hey, here's what we've got, and here's where you can use it, and here's how we're going to appeal not just to this core gaming market, which has been moving slowly but steadily to their phones and their PCs. You know, um, if I go on my Xbox and log in and look at my list of friends and everything, I mean, everybody's watching Netflix. <laughs> you know, I got, I got like, <laughs> Final Fantasy or something, and then everyone else is... Uh, you know, everyone else is playing, um, watching Netflix. All I mean, all, I mean, either they just left it on in that program and you know turn off their television set or something. But I, all I see is people playing, you know, watching Netflix and stuff all the time. That's actually true for me. Um, I actually tend to play my big AAA games on the PC due to Steam being so much cheaper. Yeah, my Xbox doesn't get turned on much anymore, mostly due to the fact that I don't have gold, so there's a lot on there that I can't use. Yeah, I think they're keeping the same model for the Xbox One, too, with Xbox Live and Xbox Live Gold. I feel like I'm buying less games. Like, uh, there's some IPs I'm really into, and I'll get them, and I'll pay the 60 bucks, you know? But but I can wait. Well, I think you know? that it's that it's all 60 bucks. I mean, for top-tier AAA game versus bottom-of-the-barrel, hey, we crank this out in three weeks, it's 60 bucks. Well, unless you exclude things like indie games, which you can spend your life playing. Yes, but most of those indie games have also been released on the PC. That's true. And I'm on my PC anyway, I mean, and I've got Steam and Desura. Why would I go and get them on Xbox Live? That's the thing also about the new Xboxes. They're not, you know, like with Ouya, they're so indie heavy, you know? And with the Xbox, it's yep. still like a tremendous barrier to, even if you tried using, you know, I, I played around with making something for Xboxes, XNA, like Xbox Live, and I just think it's so, like, the discovery is very hard on there for people to find your game. It's like 18 menus deep, <laughs> you know? And, and there are crappy and then, um, games on there. It's and then um it's I don't know it's 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 uh, I, I think they're just Xbox is so staying away from indie stuff and which is fine you know but yeah that's sixty you know that's always sixty bucks. <laughs> yeah, and I think that the focus is not on indie for the Xbox One. Having actually watched the press conference, I felt like the the audience they are catering to would be considered bro gamers as opposed to pro gamers. No, he's talking like the frat boys. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. As opposed to hardcore gamers or, um, I don't know, casual. See, the the thing is, I don't think that they were catering to gamers in, in that reveal. I think it was for the common consumer. And, I mean, it is a games console. You would expect that maybe there'd be some but games. Maybe, but maybe they're not trying to sell a but, games console. Anymore. It's like MTV. People are like, MTV doesn't play music. It's like, dude, they stopped playing music like 10 years ago. You're late. You know, <laughs> Maybe Xbox is on the same thing. They're like, you know, they in their infancy, they were a games console. And then now they're evolving to be just like an entertainment console. Entertainment. And we're like, no, I don't want my game console. Why doesn't Xbox play games anymore? You know? And then um, that's, they're like, forget you guys. We're going to make this entertainment console. You know? And that's what they're going for. Yeah, I'm still I'm still holding out hope for E3 and seeing what happens at E3 and who's announcing what. They did promise a whole bunch of new IPs, so that could be good. Yeah. Could also be terrible. 
I mean, the whole thing is most of the AAA stuff lately has already is like established IPs, and there's very little new stuff nowadays. Well, no one wants to take the risk. Right, and I think we're getting to the point where people would appreciate the risk. But from an actual hardware perspective, the Xbox One is interesting. Um, the the architecture that they have to make it so you can switch seamlessly between TV, movies, games, all of that is actually pretty ingenious. And the Connect has the new upgrade looks to be um, scary good as to the point where you imagine you turn off the lights in your house, the connect's not going to be able to see you. That's not the case anymore. Yeah. So it sees in the dark, it's got sensitivity for like all 10 fingers. It can tell when you're turning your wrist, it's supposed to be able to detect your pulse by the changes in your body temperature and like your face. Yeah, a lot of crazy stuff that conspiracy theorists out there would it's go like crazy the, the with. From short circuit. <laughs> Johnny Five. Johnny Five is a lot. That's, that's why the data stuck his head and made it a little wider and less less friendly looking. And he could like one time like, rid of an eye. and then some lasers is going to come out of that connect and just take you out. You know, it's going to make a frowny face at you and <laughs> immersive first person shooter. <laughs> We'd like to announce our first fully immersive first-person shooter <laughs> with live ammunition. All right. Um, so there is still some contention about used games, and there's a lot of conflicting information about that. So I'd actually kind of want to hold off on that topic until we get more info. Understandable. Especially because I could go on a rant for a while about that. Oh, Which by the- all means, you can go on a rant. We just won't talk about the Xbox One. The funny part about it is, if you change a couple of factors, I don't think he rants at all. No, I mean, it's true. There, I've had this discussion with Bry in that, you know, if they get the price points the right way and whatnot, then I really would have no problems. It's more the fact that I expect them to essentially be jacking up the prices for these and make it so that used games are just as expensive as new games and they're going to stay at that price point. Carmine, mm-hmm. as a as a game developer, what's your take on used game sales? Huh. I never really thought. I never really. Uh, I never really thought about it. Um, hmm. That's a double edged uh, something, you know. As um, you know, I also make music and stuff too, and I could see my own CDs up. People are selling them used and stuff like that, and I'm like, hey, <laughs> it'd have been nice. But I mean, I love to sell stuff used, also, you know. So I, I think it's just kind of part of the deal, you know. You can't uh, you can't have the benefit of buying something used at some point in your life and then be like, I don't want my thing to be sold used, you know. You know, we've all have bought something right. used at some point. I mean, Craigslist is an entire foundation of buying stuff used, you know. So uh, as much as I would like to make that extra buck or two here or there, I mean, at the, some some you know, I have gained a benefit in my life from getting something used at some point. So you just got to kind of, you know, not be so short sighted about it. I think I think it's a bummer, but I think you can't be short sighted and you just got to be like, well, that's how that's how that's part of the thing, you know. The great uh, material, yep. what's it called? Something. Oh uh, crap! I know so what you're talking train? about. Um, Nog says it. It's not the material like that, continuum, right? is it? Nog says that when he when it, when he's trying to like get he's like getting someone's whatever to sell it for something else to get it for something else in a yeah nice, no, thank great you. material continuum. I just got my street cred right right there. <laughs> Nerd cred, yeah, the great material continuum. I don't remember what episode that was though. The, he like he like takes Cisco's desk and he sends it to like some guy who's who likes to take his photos behind captain's desk. So he like sends the guy to desk in exchange for some part they need for something else. And then it ends up being like six, seven levels deep, but it works out at the end. Everything works out. Right. Yep. Are you guys talking about Star Trek again? Deep space nine. Okay. <laughs> yep, I've seen all of three Star Trek movies, including the, uh, 
the reboot, and that's the entirety of my Star Trek viewing. Oh, too bad. I mean, I have nothing against Star Trek. I just yeah, watched them yet. So, so I was going to say, anytime I mention oh, no, I have not seen Firefly, like all my sci-fi friends just freak out and want to kick me out of, take away my nerd cred, you know? <laughs> So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. <laughs> <laughs> See, the thing about so Firefly versus Star Trek is Firefly you can watch in 15 hours, including the movie, whereas, you know, Star Trek is going to take just a little bit longer. Star, Star Trek's got a couple weeks commitment. Full time, nonstop, couple weeks commitment. It's not that bad. It's only seven seasons per show. And how many shows? Depends if you include Enterprise or not. And how many movies? What are we at now? Twelve. If you include all the originals, <laughs> including the bad ones, just stick to the even numbered movies, and you're fine. Does okay? So we'll get Khan and some whales. It'll be all set. <laughs> I actually own both of those on DVD, but they're still in the plastic. Hey, those will be collector's items someday. Yeah, these aren't like original versions. These are like a reprint. Oh well, go watch Wrath of Khan. It really wasn't that good. <laughs> it really was. Uh-huh. Moving on, Yahoo, the company Yahoo, the fallen giant Yahoo, is spending so much money, and I don't know where they're getting it from. But Yahoo bought Tumblr for $1.1 billion, with a B, dollars. Yeah, I don't use either of these anymore, so I don't really care. Tumblr is so popular, it's ridiculous. I don't even know where that popularity comes from. Uh, free porn and a lot of fans. That's an awesome <laughs> That's that's a great idea. Free porn. <laughs> Wait, what the hell is Yahoo doing with that? I, I have no idea. I like okay. This yeah, Tumblr, one point one billion dollars. I can see it being worth that much. Sadly, it doesn't make money. How are they going to monetize Tumblr? Do they have ads in Tumblr at all? Some, maybe. I'm going on Tumblr. I'm going on Tumblr on now Tumblr to, to kind of... look at the free porn. No, to just be like to look at free porn. I don't use Tumblr. How do I look at someone's Tumblr? Any of you guys have a Tumblr out there? I do not. Nope. This is going to be an awesome I, time no. us talking about it. <laughs> uh, pick a, a topic of something and type in that right. in Tumblr and see what pops up. I'm typing Tumblr Star Trek now. Tumblr's tagged Star Trek. Hey, there's some video clips here. GIF files. Yeah, I don't understand where the money part happens. Unless unless they're selling people like mad wow. information about people or something. I mean, there's no ads or anything on here. Like with this GIF. I'm looking at someone's GIF now. I mean, it's kind of like Twitter. And I don't understand how Twitter... They, they, Twitter sells right. tweets, basically. I mean, if you're like, uh, but yeah, like right now, I don't. This is a a Tumblr on like pretzels. Like if I'm on Facebook, I mean, it does. If I'm on Facebook, there's ads on the side all the pretzels. time, and I'm sure that they're selling my information. Like you know, they know who, my gender, they know my everything, and where I live, and who I talk to, and what kind of food I like, and everything. But I don't understand out here. You know. They they've existed as such so long, so I, I don't know. They're making money somehow. I haven't even been. They have sponsors. In a while. Oh, they got some like sauce. They got some sauce on the front it's, here. It's a mess. Yeah, I'm still avoiding Tumblr. Does a lot of stuff that we just don't under. Like, if you go to like your, I'm pretty sure if you go to the iPhone and look up um like the weather, like it's from Yahoo, right? <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot I think that Yahoo still does in the background. Like when we think of them, we generally think like Yahoo Mail or the Yahoo Groups or something. But they've got like, their I mean, fingers think, all over I the place. A lot of these stay better are coming from them. Also, no. I, yeah, their their finance actually is pretty darn good as far as uh, the research and availability. But I still 1.1 billion dollars for a blogging framework. One of the most popular in the world. 
I guess. I wish I had $1.1 billion to squander on things like that. What would you use it for? I have no idea. I think, like, data mining is probably one of the only viable options. Well, they do have a sponsors tab, and that looks to be more like the um, the tweets for Twitter, where you pay money, you get a bigger audience. <laughs> you know, the stocks app and the weather app is... I'm, I'm just, it's not the Tumblr thing. I'm just trying to figure out the how does Yahoo make money thing. Um, I think Yahoo make money in the Yahoo search box. Um, and the answer well, is? Well, it goes to Yahoo Answers, which, you know what? Yahoo, ans- Yahoo Answers does come up a lot. <laughs> um, uh, they average. Yeah, it looks like yeah. ads is the main way Yahoo's making money now. So remember how you were like they're just a blogging platform? Uh, apparently they have currently 110 million blogs and get about 75 million posts a day. Damn. They are currently site ranked number 17. As far as traffic on the web? From Quantast. Quantcast. So I don't know if this is just because I just previously searched how does Yahoo make money, but when I put in how does, I now get how does Facebook make money and how does Craigslist make money on my Google search bar. Yeah, that's Google learning. Goddamn Google, stop being (laughs) that. Wait till you connect your connect to your Google Creepy. and your connect and Google will tell you you have 30 seconds to comply. That's going to be it. It's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does Skynet take over the world? <laughs> Don't do that. No. Isn't there some Skynet computer company or network service or something? Right, there's, right, right. there's a Cyberdyne computer company. Right. And they make the, uh, the crap, oh, what is great. it? It's the armor, basically. The exoskeleton. No. Cyberdyne, yeah, Cyberdyne makes an exoskeleton. I think they actually may have. They didn't, yeah, they right, they made They're an great. exoskeleton. And they call like it a big kind of ring on it, kind of like the portal thing here. Yeah, this is... How to make Cyberdyne. the creepiest robot ever. Yeah, we're going to combine the robots from Portal and Hal. <laughs> Terminator, make them into one robot. And Terminator. Oh, God. Nothing wrong can come from this. Oh, I'm looking at Nothing this, at all. This Hal exoskeleton looks kind of sweet. So it's the UK military communication system. Oh, great. That's kind of <laughs> awesome. This might that, be the last There's nothing that can go wrong with that. Podcast, as something is like listening to this right now and just figuring out that we're discovering all these things and putting them all together. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, speaking of satellites, we have a small problem with them. Yeah. Which is that the, the polar satellites may be falling soon. So the polar satellites, these are the the satellites hanging out above the North and South Pole, and they're basically taking continuous pictures of the U.S., not the U.S., the entire Earth, because there's more to the Earth than just the United States, and uh, doing weather analysis Where are they falling? They're nearing the end of their life. more satellites up there, and they're like, oops, we shouldn't have canceled that whole NASA thing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, kind of. So are weathermen going to be uh, out of jobs now? No, they'll just have worse data to use. Yeah, they'll just be a little more inaccurate. It'll be like what it used to be, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it's like, I think it's going to be sunny today. Thunderstorm. Oh, wait, that's what they do now. You know, these, this is used to predict uh, weather and stuff, but there's a prediction about when this prediction thing will fall. <laughs> it's apparently falling faster than they expected, right? That's kind of meta. Right? Predicting about the prediction predictions. Satellite. Right? Right? Do they have like they a reminder or something? They're going to fall. Maybe they're using Yahoo reminders or something. <laughs> Maybe they can't get the weather right, and so uh, that's having an impact on it. Like these satellites that we took and put up there to watch the weather. 
Yeah, we didn't actually use them to watch the weather, and now they're going to fall. Although, really, any weather that would affect the satellites at the height they're at, that's some pretty weird weather. Yeah. Yeah, you're getting into solar radiation at that point. Right. Okay, let's see. We've got Apple evading taxes for years. What was that, from 1980? Since 1980. Oh, so this is still going on? No, it can't be since 1980. Are you sure? It all started in 1980 when Apple's California execs moved the operation to Ireland with a fake company. Wow. Since 1980. Wait, yeah. they weren't making money in 1980. What, I guess they were making some. What's most ridiculous about all of this is they just recently went in front of uh, Congress, and Congress was basically like, what can we do to make the code tax and all those other stuff easier for you guys? Um, have them pay? They were like, what's a reasonable amount of money for you guys to pay? All of it? It's ridiculous. What they owe? Congress was basically Apple's bitch. Isn't well, that the way things normally go? Yeah, to turn the off all of their iPhones? Like using iPads for government stuff as well as in planes and all that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and in fact, uh, it looks like the U.S. military may be moving to iPhone. Oh, jeez. That's... no. Because, again, nothing can go wrong with that. Yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about that. It's That's pretty terrible. So Apple are essentially the big evil overlords. Finally, other people are starting to realize this. <laughs> As Carmine does his programming on a Mac. Yeah, I saw that <laughs> hidden Mac nice. OS folder in the zip file. There's a picture of it on his Kickstarter. Yep. You guys see my uh, my Deadlock Kickstarter He's video? He's not hiding that. I put, oh, you should watch it. It's really, it's really bad. I, I have think. not watched it yet. And, and there's a second. I did an update, and that has some equally bad acting. Camera shaking, great stuff, you know. <laughs> yes. If you want Is a secret, a if you watch in the, the scene, there are more tribbles okay. added every couple of seconds, <laughs> which required us to like hide tribbles underneath our chair. <laughs> and then, um, you know, during the editing, I knew I'd have it on, so I ended up putting them in. But I think I goofed somewhere. But I think in the beginning, there's one, then there's two, then three. It's very subtle. Yeah, they're actually tri- tribbles. So it's tribbles. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Nice. Sorry. Okay. Uh, other topics fairly quickly. Terraria, which we, we being Brian, Brendan, myself, and a couple other people, uh, really enjoyed. Turns out there's a new update coming from something that they labeled as dead. Yeah, dead like two years ago. Well, part of that is because they hired an external company to make uh, Xbox Live and uh, PSN version of the game. And when they did that, the new company added some more features, so they're going to come back and add it into the PC game. Cool. I thought they were working on a whole new game. He is not. The The main programmer for this game is not. Um, but some of the art asset creators are, and that's called Starbound. Starbound. Looks fun. I'll have to check it out. Uh, and then Google+. Plus. Have you guys moved your, your online photos into your Google Plus account yet? I don't really have much by way of online photos anyways, but I do kind of like all the new Google Plus stuff. Do you mean like for my phone? Yeah, I mean, I used to use Google's product, Picasa, which had a web aspect called Picasa Web, and now that's been integrated into Google+, so most of my photos are there. Yep. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's, I'm um, listening to the weird like siren. I guess a little local flavor for you guys. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, 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 what? It's like, what? it's having trouble getting going. It's like, what, what? Maybe? No. So anyway, Google Image, uh, it's it's kind of interesting what they're doing with it now, which is that they are they are having a computer analyze the photos and index them based on content. 
You, you know what it is? Like, I think currently, if you use Google Image Search, in order to find images about stuff, they're kind of using the alt tags on the images and what text is around the image that you have written, you know, on your page to have the image search work or the actual file name of the image. You know, if I, you know, but now they're going to have something look at the thing and recognize that there is a cat in the picture or a dog or an Empire State Building or, a, you know. Yeah, like I, I just ran a search for lake on my images and it pulled up two pictures of lakes. Now, I know for a fact those file names do not contain the word lake and there is no text around them at all because they're just hosted on Google uh, Plus Photos. So it, it looked at the pictures and said, here are pictures that contain a lake. I just did the same with cat, and I got two pictures of Numa, which is my cat. Yep. I put in cat, I got a picture of a cat, and I got a picture of my little ponies. Dave, are you hiding something? These are the my little ponies from PAX. Oh, okay. What happens if I search kitten? <laughs> kitten doesn't bring up anything. <laughs> I looked up dog, and they brought up. Uh, I have a picture of both of my cats next to each other, and it brought that picture up as well as a picture of buttons. No, I put in a picture. I put in dog. I got a couple of pictures of dogs and a couple of pictures of people. So apparently, it needs a little more work. It needs some work, but it's still pretty cool. It's also scary, scary, scary that they're able to do that. Well, if you have a large enough library, yeah, machine learning. All right. Well, that's pretty much it. There's one more list. There's one more topic we didn't get to, which is who's going to be presenting at E3, but we'll talk about that probably when we get to E3. Yeah, you're better off just waiting until afterwards on that one. In yeah. the meantime, we have a random review. So we, it is technically Andy's turn to review, but as he is not here, we have decided kind of collectively we will be reviewing the Guns of Icarus online. Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't played it yet. Now, Carmine, have you heard of this? All right, this is actually another crew-based uh, ship combat system. Yeah, Brendan, it, you've got the most experience on it. Would you like to start? Yeah, so what it is is it's kind of a steampunk-esque game where you play in essentially hot air balloons with guns. Um, you have There's uh, about six different ship layouts, but in all cases you have four crew on the ship. Um, you also have three different classes you can play as that all they really do is determine the items that you carry. Um, there is essentially pilot, gunner, and engineer. And while all people can take over whatever role, um, whatever class you pick generally is your focus. And all it is is essentially PvP maps where you get two or three ships on each side. And as I said, each ship has four people, and um, you essentially just play death matches. Uh, first team to X number of points wins. Now, there's there's three roles. There's the engineer, the pilot, and the gunner. There yeah. are four people per ship. Yeah. Correct. Generally, the you want two engineers or gunners. Uh, since there's only one pilot station, having two pilots is not the smartest idea. Unless one of your pilots is horrible. In which case, they shouldn't be a pilot to begin with. Yeah. One of the things, though, is since you are driving hot air balloons, the piloting is hard. Yeah, there's a lot of momentum involved. Turning is uh, kind of painful sometimes. I know that Carmine hasn't seen Firefly, but I would almost liken the game more to be Firefly-esque than Star Trek. Yeah, because you're not playing like out in space or anything. You tend to be like over deserts or in canyons and things like that. And there's a lot of running around versus sitting still at your console. I still, I, I'm not sure Firefly is a good 
thing for that. It's closer than Star this Trek. Is, this is way too steampunky. I mean, yeah, in the, in the sense that it's got a, a grittier feel, a dirtier feel. Star Trek is very polished. I, I more along meant that in Firefly, when they have to repair something, you see them running all around the ship. In Star Trek, they just like stand there. Buttons. If something's wrong, they're like rerouting power by hitting buttons. If you need to reroute power, you need to actually go into a, something and start you know, <laughs> pulling plugs and, you know. Yeah, no, what's happening What's happening in Guns of Icarus is it's more um, each station, like each gun or um, or a lot of the different parts of the ship, each have their own like damage indicator. So you'll have engineers running around like they'll be repairing the engines and then they'll go and they'll repair the balloon and then they'll repair a hull and then they'll go like upgrade one of the guns that one of the gunners is using. Uh, meanwhile, the gunners themselves might not have a clear line of sight on the current yeah, gunner on, the so they the jump ship, to another so gun. to run to the other side of the ship, right, and kind of run to the other side. Right. Yeah, but the thing is, though, each ship has a different kind of layout, and the pilot really needs to know where the guns are. Like, um, there's one ship where there's a gun on the front and the left and right. And you need to know, like, which guns have more room to maneuver, which guns are your better guns. Um, there's another ship where it's got, like, two guns on the front and, like, two on the left side. So if you get a ship that's kind of coming up on your right side, you really need to maneuver it so that you actually have line of sight on your guns or you're just going to be a sitting target. All in all, it's a, it's a very fun and entertaining game. The problem that I have... Um, is they don't have any small maps. It's always two versus two or three versus three. Um, so if you have a small group of four people, you either have to get into one game and hope that there's enough public to play with you, or you kind of have to jump onto a game and hope the AI does what you want it to do, which doesn't usually work. Yeah, because um, the AI will not pilot. The AI will do the gunning or the engineering, but they generally won't drive. <laughs> Yeah, we, we discovered that the hard Which is where your game, Quintet, has a big plus, because if you don't have four people, yeah. you just jump under a small ship. I, th- I think all these kind of crew games have something different. Or two smaller people, ships. and some people are going to love one versus the other, or like, like all of them, or whatever, and I think it's good. It's, I hope this genre of this kind of cruise thing, you know, I hope a whole bunch of these kind of games come out. I think it's, it's, I think it's fun. Yeah, I think a lot of it is... Um, more people are getting into uh, PC gaming, and a lot of people are, you know, having couples come in. And I mean, one of the things, at least oh, yeah. for myself and my wife, is we want co-op games and things like that. And this my, crew uh, mechanic my works really like well that. with. She's that. like, whatever you can game all you want, but whatever you get, we have to be able to play together. You know, uh, this way he's not just, you know. And I'm like, it's, it's kind of fun, but I, I think that that works if you can do more co-op stuff together. I think it's cool. So how much is this game on Steam? Because it is on Steam. Yeah, it's on Steam. Um, I think I think it's 15 bucks each, but let me double check. Yeah, we ended up getting like a four-pack when it was on sale. The, the grand question of, is it worth the money? Um, I think when we got it on sale, it came out to like six or seven bucks. And <clears throat> personally, I thought that was worth it. Uh, the 15 bucks, I think, is a little high for the value I'm getting out of just a Steam game. So, looking at the prices now, it's currently on sale 50% off at $10. Um, and for me, $10 is definitely worth it if you can get a large group of friends together to play it. If it's just you by yourself, I unfortunately would say no. Don't go for it. Yeah, so pretty much if you can justify getting the four-pack, it's worth it. Okay, cool. Which brings us to the random topic. 
What was it again? I rolled ahead of time. Again, taking Andy's responsibility. Of course, now I need to go dig it back up. All right, I rolled ahead of time. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Got the 10. And it is, if you had one tweet and only one tweet with no mass follow-up or interaction with the rest of the world in any other form, that everyone in the Canada, in Canada, and the U.S., in the Canada, fantastic, in, in Canada North and America. the United States had to read, what would you tweet? So you get one tweet and one tweet only. I would quote Abraham Lincoln and be excellent to each other and party on dudes. Wow. Bill and Ted? <laughs> Bill and Ted. Yeah, but it right. was Abe Lincoln that said it in there, too. Yes. Well, sort of. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. Okay, that's prize. Brendan? Um, I might quote the gamers' uh, Darkness Rising movie <laughs> and just say, Dick. <laughs> Um, you know what? I'm, so I'm into lately is um, as I like I, I mentioned earlier about people wanting to make uh, games or or just anything that they kind of have been inspired to do. I feel like uh, I feel like people are looking for permission to do something that they really want to do. So uh, you, know, you know what I mean? And uh, I think my tweet would be: I give you permission. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I give you permission. With no follow-up. So people, add, like, was like, Dig. I mean, people are just going to sit there and wonder, like, permission to do what? <laughs> <laughs> I can just see this as like an at response though. It's like so you know, Bryce says like, you know, be good to everyone. Carmine's like, I give you permission, and then Brendan's response is just like Dick. What is what is our last magical tweet to the universe before it wow, ends and Skynet Yahoo gets all together and everything? <laughs> I would probably tweet the meaning of life. Forty two? No, not the answer to the ultimate question of the meaning of the life un- the universe and everything. I would tweet the actual meaning of life in hundred forty characters or less. Which would be... I have no idea. The question didn't ask. You and your loopholes. Yes. It asked what you would type. No. It says, what would you tweet? I have the question right here. I'm sure that they would want you to give the actual words. <laughs> yeah, but since they didn't pay it, we all know Derek will find like, ways around it. Everyone who's been wondering... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the first 140 characters will be like, the following is going to be the answer to the you know, like to this amazing question, which is the meaning of life, and da-da-da-da, and the answer is, and then it cuts off. That sounds good. All right. You're well, such a guys, troll. I know. <laughs> I totally yeah, this is, am. This is, this is awesome. Well, Carmine, it's been fun having you. And Brian, Brendan, thanks for thanks for stepping in for Andy not being here. Uh, Carmine, we do give the opportunity sure. for our guests um, definitely to plug a website at the end of the show. US, so. Where you can download the game for whatever you have on your desk or in your pocket at this moment that we'll work on. And um, when you're at quintet.us, definitely check out the Kickstarter for bad sci-fi acting and information about what's going on with that. All right. And we are excited to see you come both. to Android and um, I, I, Android I, I already got a trial key, for like a 30-day trial key from Unity. Awesome. I have it on my, I have a Nexus 7, and it works on the Nexus 7. It's a lot of fun. It feels great on the tablet. I haven't tried it on a phone yet. Um, awesome. It, it's um, on the tablet. It feels great. Like, it's just, I don't know, the game just looks really sweet on that tablet. All right. I wonder and how it would that. work on my phone. Oh, you have the, the PlayStation whatever. Yeah, I have the Xperia Play with the uh, controller slide right. out. That'd right. be the best way to guys, do the homie. Guys, we need to end the show. Cool, thanks everybody. <laughs> All, All right. right, see you later. That'll be it. See you guys next week. This has been another episode of the Random Access Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at... RA Podcast, 
or send us an email at mail at rapodcast.net. Thank you for listening.